Normally, when we start the show, like we have like this really fun conversation that we use for our cold opens. But I just want to start with this, and then I'm just going to go right into the theme song. Rivers Cuomo is full of shit. To the sound to the theme song because I have not heard that laugh come out of you in a very long time. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I'm crying. That's cool. <laughs> oh, my tummy, my tummy hurts. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, um. <laughs> I swear. I swear we'll get to the introductions. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Um, <laughs> this is the podcast. I'm a person here in person. Let's go. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what are we talking like a teen? I think that's it. Uh, and not Adrian, not Ashley. Yes. That's how we do this, right? That's, that's okay, how we it. do this. I figured, what, 25, 26 episodes in? <laughs> You know what? It's okay. You know who we are. Like, at this point, come on now. Oh, oh. man. If this is your first episode, God help you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I always used to subscribe to that belief that Stanley used to have where each comic could be somebody's first or whatever. But yeah. honestly, with this show, come on now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. If this is your first episode, stop it. Pick another one and come back to this one. I was going to say, don't tell them not to listen to this one. But uh, <laughs> but it's funny because you had talked about episode two when the podcast was in our quote unquote like baby phase. Uh-huh. When the podcast made, it didn't make more sense. It was, it was structured different. And don't get me wrong. I love those first handful of episodes. I really do. But now yeah. that the show is in its 20s, it's kind of figured its shit out. It's pretty much basked in the weirdness that is it. And I think it's better for it because, like, you and I have been podcasting for a while. You listen to podcasts uh, way before you (laughs) even were on them yourself. So, you know, like, sometimes, and this is no shade to anybody who is in one, but you know how, like, that thing where sometimes someone starts a show and it's like, oh, this is our format. This is what we're about. And then halfway through, like, after 20, 30 episodes, you're like, yeah, that premise doesn't work for us anymore. Uh huh. And it's like, I feel like that's what this show is. In a lot of ways, I think it's just us just enjoying being weird because life doesn't always allow us to be as such. Yeah. I like those episodes. I think they're fun and they're interesting and they were fun to do. I liked sitting down and prepping for them. I just think at, at this point, and we may go back to that at some point, but like for right now, like, you and I really aren't in a place to sit down and spend, because I don't know about you, but I would spend like six or seven hours prepping for these things. No shit, like legit six, seven hours? Yeah, because it would be listening to the album three or four times, taking notes, reflecting on shit, doing research, that kind of stuff. And like, I just, ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) Not right now. So the format has changed a little bit. And I think at the beginning of, like at this podcast sort of inception, I think you and I were trying out different ideas because we didn't know what it was. And I think at this point, we've kind of figured out the podcast doesn't really have to be a specific thing. The podcast is at its core, a celebration of the things that we like and a celebration of our friendship. And I think that's enough. I think that's more than enough. And considering the other podcasts that I've done over the years, I used to fight about what the show is. 
mm-hmm. you know, is it A, is it B, is it C, D, E? But this one, I like the fact that we can just be. Like, we don't have to live up to anybody's expectations other than just having fun with each other. And also reconciling that we are weird. Like, we... (laughs) In the years, like, damn near decade that I've known you, Mm -hmm. going from just being people that we interact on the internet and you being a frequent collaborator and sometimes even fan of our my old shows, but even just being friends and then looking back at the things that we were into. Because you had asked this great question, much like Eileen had asked on one episode of Agent Has Issues, like, you know, who do you want to be? You had asked a question one episode, and I can't remember the exact phrasing, but it was like, why did we have to hide ourselves? Mm-hmm. Or something along the lines of that. And that shit blew my fucking mind. After that recording, like, I thought about that for ages. And I think, if nothing else, this show is basically us getting to be ourselves. And it's a lot of fucking fun. (laughs) Sometimes random, sometimes cathartic, sometimes hilarious. But it really is just a celebration of just friendship and the dumb shit that we love. (laughs) But with that all said, of course, we're going to spend probably a lot of time (laughs) talking about something that... Um, we don't love as much. And you know me, I've been really, really, really trying to be the person who is very, like, up with things and trying not to just unnecessarily dunk on things, because, like, the internet's full of that. Right. But I had listened to Weezer today, like, it popped up, um, early today, and, like, it took me back to something that we had hinted at doing a while ago about Weezer discourse. Oh, I know what it was. It was, um, fucking a couple of days ago. I was walking uh, home, and on Spotify, they have, what is it called? The Release Radar. Release Radar. And Release Radar is my friend, because also, like, Spotify likes to call me out on shit, because it's like, hey, here's all this weird shit you like. (laughs) And I don't remember the name of the actual album, but I guess Metallica has done this project, because it's been, what, 30 years since the Black Album? It would have been 91, yeah. So that sounds right. That maths out. Yeah, it's been like a, a celebration of the Black Album, which was Metallica's break into the mainstream. Because, you know, they were always like the metal darlings. But, you know, they've had hits that, of course, play on the radio because fucking Master of Puppets. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the Black Album's the album that put them, like, on the map. And I guess they've been doing this really cool project that I actually kind of fuck with where modern artists from, like, St. Vincent to, like, J. Balvin and, like, um, well, Weezer, which is, I guess, what we're really getting at. Like, all these artists have been doing interpretations of songs from that album, but kind of in their own style. And it's been really cool. Like, St. Vincent's, like, cover of Sad But True slaps hard as hell, and I'm not even ashamed to say it. See, I love it so much. I need to listen to it because I, I, I may not fuck with Metallica hard, but I do fuck with Saint Vincent. <laughs> um, so I think that'd be fun. But this Weezer Oof. cover, <laughs> this uh, Rivers Cuomo karaoke is. Uh, I listened to exactly forty five seconds of it and turned it off. I don't know where to start. This can go on for a while. But this cover angered me. I'm sorry. This cover saint angered me. <laughs> Short sidebar. I was working on Topic when that album came out, and we had to st- we had to stream it for 24. We had to play it for 24 hours straight. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Fuck it. <And> not gonna- <laughs> Fuck it and rock it to the moon. I cannot explain to you how miserable I was. And of course... I had like an eight hour fucking shift during that shit. I just, nah, keep it. So if you could get your <laughs> wasted days back. Uh. <laughs> Shout out to Metallica being like, you know what? These Slipknot guys, they seem to be banging on a lot of trash cans. We should try that. <laughs> Drums are expensive. Trash cans are free. Rest in peace, Joy Jordison, by the way. That fucking broke my goddamn heart. And, oh, then, of course, the infamous Death Magnetic debacle where, like, Metallica had that Guitar Hero game. Yes. 
I remember this. Turns out the mix of the video game was actually superior than the actual album. And people were like, can you make Oops. the al- the game on the album instead of what you put out? <laughs> can you master this on Unreal Engine for me? <laughs> Please. Um, oh, God, which I bought Death Magnetic <laughs> at a fucking Hot Topic and then realized, like, why did I do this? Because I listened to all of two songs on that album. So, actually, let me ask you a question, because I know that I grew up a very big Weezer fan. At one point, I had cited them as one of my favorite bands. It was like Weezer, Garbage, Bush, uh, 311, and like fucking Foo Fighters, like... For a time, those are my favorite bands. You're like an alternative station. (laughs) (laughs) New rock alternative. No boy bands here. Well, welcome to my adolescence. (laughs) However, when Bye 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 had come on last night, I lost my shit. Like, I'm mad I still remember a lot of that dance, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, like, what? Did you grow up a Weezer like that or not? I liked Weezer. I had Pinkerton, I had the blue album, I think I had the green album, and I checked back in periodically after that, but, like, the album that came out in, like, 2005, I think that was the last Weezer album where I'm like, you know, this is for somebody, but this is not for me, and just kind of watched Weezer, sadly, from there. It's like, watched them from a distance? Yeah. Bit Midler style? <laughs> From a distance. (laughs) (laughs) And now there are so many fucking colored albums. I'm like, I don't know. They got a turquoise album. What's the deal with that shit? That's the covers album with fucking Africa, which then goes back into (laughs) Metallica. Because, okay. I used to go on record saying that the color-themed albums were actually the stronger albums. Because, like, of course, Blue was legendary. That's Now, Pinkerton, of course, as famously... All right, and let's just get this out of the way. Looking back, some of those songs are wild problematic. Yeah. But at the same time... They do slap. And they do. <laughs> and I understand that Rivers was going through some shit, and that was at a time when people were like, make Buddy Holly again. We don't want you to hear about your weird fetishes with Asian girls. Like, yes. And the fact that you may be attracted to someone who is a lesbian, which happens. Yeah. High school was great. <laughs> We're all figuring it out in the 90s. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is funny because I think Pink Triangle was actually used in Chasing Amy, the Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. I mean, it's also the the premise of Chasing Amy. <laughs> uh, yikes. Anyway. Um... <laughs> yeah. So, like, they broke up Matt Sharp. Went on to do more stuff with the Rentals, which is a fantastic band. If you're not listening to them, yeah. uh, please do. Uh, so Weezer wasn't a thing. And then the internet's like, wait a minute. This album's weird, but it's kind of fucking rad. And all of a sudden, Weezer's like, hey, we're cool again. So let's start recording. Um, except the fact that um, the songwriter in the band was not there. Yeah. So Rivers is like, you know what? I'm not the strongest songwriter. So let me make an album. I'm going to make it a color themed again because people like that. Uh, rest in peace, Mikey Walsh, by the way. Mm-hmm. And it was like literally like what, 10 songs? Each one was like maybe two and a half minutes of just hey, like pop hey. rock songs. Hey. <laughs> but like, I love that album because it's like, it's goofy, but it's kind of endearing and it's kind of yeah. like the heart on your sleeve. Like, hey, this is fun. <laughs> Then Maladroit happened, and it's like, hey, Weezer can be fun. And ignore the fact that a very problematic slur is used during Dope Nose, which I don't know how I missed that originally. Which I'm like, okay, Rivers, we got some issues. So honestly, the groundwork for him being weird has always (laughs) been there. But like, Maladroit's a decent album. And come on, the fucking Muppets were in that one music video. That's true. I do remember that music video. I don't remember that song at all. I do remember that music video, though. So 2005 gave us Make Believe, which I did put up with at the time, and also In Your Honor by Foo Fighters. So that tour, fantastic. Okay, did Hurley come before or after Make Believe? After. Okay. And that's kind of the weird part, because after, fuck, what was after Make Believe, which is the album where it's like, you know what, Beverly Hills was entertaining. (laughs) Okay, Jesus. I was, I can't. (laughs) 
Oh man. Beverly Hills is, is one of those songs that is so bad that it loops around and becomes good. And then somehow loops back around into bad. Like you basically are just spinning around in circles for like three and a half minutes. And you're like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) All of Weezer's charm was rivers was kind of boy next door, kind of nerdy, you know, into some like, you know, of course, X-Men and Kiss and all of this. Yeah. This is where that weird duality of Rivers kind of starts, where on one end, he wants to be the boy next door, the total dork ass. But then he has these, I would almost say, delusions of being like this rock star that like girls would like throw their panties at. And I don't know. Is that the, is that a thing? He, he wants to simultaneously be the front man of Weezer and then like, the front man of like Guns N' Roses. And it just, it's weird, it's jarring, and it's borderline creepy. Yeah, it's not great. Cause by the time the Red album came out, and like, and at these weird times, he would then have these aspirations of like wanting to be like, again, this rock star type where he just, you know, sleeps with chicks and just jams out or whatever, but not realizing that you're kind of pushing middle age here. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, He's aged out entirely of where that even pretends to be appropriate. Like, I get it. Like, in the 80s, like, dudes did fucked up shit to women. And that's that's a thing that happened. Um, but a lot of those dudes, and this is not excusing it, but a lot of those dudes were not that much older than the teenagers that they were fucking around with. Exactly. Rivers, on the other hand, is like my dad's age. <laughs> Yeah, and that's just really weird, because by the time Make Believe happens, and there's some solid songs on that album. Yeah. Like, I don't mind some of it. Um, But, like, once you... Because what was the album? Okay, so 2005, 2006, 2007 was... No, it was the Red Album. Yeah, it was uh, Pork and Beans. Which, in a weird way, I actually kind of fuck with Pork and Beans. The song, not the food item, because I grew (laughs) up on that. That leads to some weird childhood stuff I am not trying to get into right now. Oh, man. <laughs> the song is stupid, but I kind of like the general message of, I'm just going to be me, and I don't care if you like it or don't like it. Like, I'm fine with who I am. And, like, there was a nice little message behind that. And that album in general, because even, like, the album art of the Red Album mm-hmm. was, like, kind of goofy like rivers is for some reason got like this giant bushy mustache and he's wearing a cowboy hat and everybody just looked out of place but it's like whatever like this album is just weird like that this is a weird analogy i'm just gonna go with it you know the middle the jimmy world song yeah the red album is like a watered down version of the middle you're not wrong i agree with that and as <laughs> someone who generally is okay with that album yeah but yeah holy shit you're you're 100% correct. <laughs> uh, I love being me. It's pretty dope. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, however, the deluxe album, like, the four bonus tracks are so good. Like, they're really solid songs. And it's like, if Weezer allowed itself to grow up a little bit, they would have been cool. But no, they did not. Because for every Red album or whatever, we got fucking Ratitude. <laughs> Which, thank you, Rain Wilson. Yeah, I get it. Your brother's in Weezer, whatever. But fucking Dwight named that album, and you know how I feel about The Office. So I was already like, fuck this guy. <laughs> I fucking, here we go, airing my shit out for the world to know. I've literally never seen a moment of The Office, The American Office. I've seen like two episodes of The British Office. I, you just, you could not pay me to care. Oh, I'm not trying to, this is not the person, I'm not going to drag you for that. I understand that if I watched it, I might like it, being that I I did dabble in like 30 Rock and stuff like that. I've heard that it's, the humor can be somewhat similar, but I'm good. When certain art passes you by, sometimes that's just like being like, you know, you don't need to be tied into all that. (laughs) At least that's what I tell myself when people yell at me about not watching Game of Thrones. That's how I felt about Lost for a really long time. I, I had a guy that I worked with who was like, you gotta watch Lost. It's all out on Netflix now. The show's finally over. You gotta watch it. You can just watch it all and it'll be great. Just binge it. Do it. And then we'll have something to talk about and it'll be swell. And I'm just like, yeah, totally. I will do that. But first, I gotta watch Buffy for the 25th time. Um, 
I promise. Yeah, because if you're going to watch, like, one weirdly convoluted show by a problematic creator, let it be Buffy versus Lost. <laughs> and this is, you know me, I fuck with Buffy, so, yeah. like, but Lost, after that first season, missing me with all that shit. Like, that shit can blow away with a smoke monster. I don't care. And that was, like, back in, like, 2011, and I just, like, you just, like, could not pay me to care about television ever since. I I haven't been good at watching TV in a decade. So, yeah, that's it. That's all. <laughs> the story's over. <laughs> Lost, much like The Walking Dead and Heroes. And it's oh, like, yeah. it was very good for a very small period of time. Mm-hmm. And people wouldn't let it be, and it just kept going. And then it's like, became a parody itself, much like Weezer. So, <laughs> like, because Ratitude was the album where the middle, I think, was starting. Mm-hmm. Because in addition to, like, what was the one single, it's like, um, If You Want Me To, whatever. That song was actually kind of (laughs) fun. Going on a date with this girl, going to Best Buy, and, like, going to her parents' house, and he was vegan, but he ate meat because he didn't want to embarrass her parents and shit like that. So it was like, okay, this is kind of cute. Yeah. Then there was a song about it, how he couldn't stop partying, and apparently Lil Wayne was on it, and it's just like, and then the song about him going to the mall cruising for girls, and I'm like, Rivers, no. Stop. Stop, please. <laughs> stop. Oh, it's funny you were talking about Lost, because fucking Hurley. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was so excited, because like, holy shit, Weezer is signing to Epitaph, and then you realize this is Epitaph late two thousands, and it's just like, oof. <laughs> you know, you know that some of my favorite bands were late two thousands Epitaph bands. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> Watch your stuff. <laughs> I know you and me. We might just have to do like that late two thousand scene, like Epitaph era, because. Real shit. I missed a lot of that. So I might, we might have to do like a full album episode on some of those bands. A lot of, and a lot of it is surprisingly good. <laughs> so tell you what, I'm going to say this right here. I'm going to make it official. If anything, we'll make like a playlist. I don't know, five tracks or something. Yes. I love a playlist episode. Cool. And I get to react to them because I need to go back and really revisit a lot of that because I think I missed it because I was old and cranky. Hell yeah. I'm going to fucking fill your brain with the matches. It'll be okay. (laughs) 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 But, like, this is just where it gets weird to me because, like, the Hurley years, and then there was that whole thing where, like, he named the album Hurley, but it was, like, based off of the Lost character whose face is on the cover, but then he did the brand tie-in to Hurley, like, the the clothing yeah. company. And I'm like, what are we doing? And I get it. You know, sometimes you gotta pay some bills, but, like, Rivers, what the fuck? <laughs> and I wonder if if that's that's just it. Like, I struggle sometimes with Weezer. I feel like there's not a deeper meaning. It's sometimes, uh, you know, a rock is just a rock. And I think this was just River being like, how can I make some extra cash? Hurley will pay me. I guess my biggest issue with Rivers is Weezer, for a lot of people, even with all the new songs and even with Africa, whatever, they're very much a product of the 90s. Yes. Like, if you're a fan of Weezer now, it's probably because you either grew up with the Blue Album Mm -hmm. and you were that perfect age for that, or you listened to the Green Album. But both of those people aged out of later Weezer. Yeah. So who is this now for? Because... I doubt a 15, 16-year-old, 17-year-old is going to be listening to Ratitude being like, yeah, I'm at the mall looking for girls. And yeah, I got here my 303 t-shirt. And like, you know, maybe she's into Cobra Starship. And like, I don't know, I got a snake on a plane right here. Hey, hey, hey. I'm sorry. And you know I love fucking Cobra Starship. Hey. (laughs) I will not stand for Cobra Starship slander on this podcast. Thank you, please. Oh, I'm sorry. I was literally about to sing that song from Snake Snake Plane. That shit fucking slaps. <laughs> it does. Oh my gosh. And that movie. And that movie's just great. Uh, in the But that song in the video, oh yeah, my god. Like, it was great. so good. The gym class heroes comes in like, <laughs> yes. okay, that song might actually be peak late 2000s. I think at that point, there was nothing better than that. Like, everything that was leading up to that. Yes. It's just, oh, so good. That's my whole aesthetic. That's my vibe. I love it so much. The second Cobra Starship album, the one that Patrick Stump produced most of it, 
it's the catchiest goddamn album. It still rules today in the year of our Lord, 2021. It's great. So what you're saying is Patrick Stump, um, better producer than a performer. Oh, 10,000% yes. <laughs> so you're probably wondering if you're <laughs> listening to this, like, what does any of this have to do with the statement that we started with? It's because for every, like, pork and beans and, like, you know, I want you to or whatever, there's Hurley and whatever album came after that. But then there was, like, what the hell was the name of the album? It was like, everything will be all right in the end, but that one song, Back to the Shack, mm-hmm. where the whole song is just like an apology for all the weird shit, and he's like, I'm going to go back to just rocking out. Like, sorry for the fucking Hurley, and sorry for all this stupid pop shit, but like, I'm going to go back to that garage I was singing about on the first album. <laughs> and proceeds to actually do the exact opposite of that, and like almost comically so. Is Rivers Cuomo just a bad troll? I know when he came out with that song and that album, okay, he's going back to the well. Kind of like that thing that Ben Affleck joked about in the Jan Santa Bob movie, where it's like, okay, first you do the safe art, then you do the experimental art, and then you do the payback art because your friend says you owe him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay, so Rivers is kind of getting his shit together. He's actually going to start writing like earnest pop rock songs. But every time he makes these sort of shifts to cater to early Weezer, which, you know, it's like the people who like his early stuff. Because honestly, I fucked with the White Album. Like, it was really good. Like, it was newer Weezer, but at least still had like some decent songwriting. If, yeah, it felt heartfelt. It felt legitimate. It didn't feel like a parody. But so much of this disingenuous bullshit. Yeah. But I'm like, who is this for? Like, okay, you can write the pop type songs with earnest lyrics. We're like, why does it have to be one of the other rivers? It's okay to multitask. Someone needs to bring fucking Rivers Cuomo to trial. <laughs> Between the Teal album, the Black album, and the Pacific Daydream, I was like, this man needs to be brought up for war crimes. <laughs> have no words like i i would love to sit here and try and come up with with a positive spin on on the three albums but they're just so far removed from anything that i like it didn't even feel joyful coming from him like it didn't even seem that he was into it right that was how i felt about panic at the disco when they split and they made those those couple of albums before Basically, Panic at the Disco was rebranded, and now it's just Brendan doing whatever the fuck. It was one of those where I'm like, this is only for people that are loyal to the existing brand. This is not for anyone new. And even then, as somebody who was was somewhat loyal to that brand, I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this. And a lot of people that I know didn't like it. and And we all kind of left with that, like, I don't know who this is for, but it's not for me anymore, so... And I know I've come around with Panic! at the Disco, and even the newer stuff is not my favorite stuff, but because Brendan Urie... Can sing his face off. Right. Brendan should have got the the career that Patrick was going for. Yeah. Because, you know, Patrick basically switched up, broke up Fall Out Boy, wanted to start a pop career solo which is fine but it, like you said like he was a better producer than a performer like dude sometimes you're adam banks sometimes you're charlie conway sometimes you're better behind the scenes yeah but um putting your entire life savings into a project and then having it go belly up yeah fucking ouch yeah that sucks <sighs> like you were manufacturing an image that just didn't fit like that's the part i felt bad about and the thing that makes Haley williams Haley williams the thing that makes brendan yuri brendan yuri these these musicians are talented, but there's also a charisma there. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Stump wasn't the most charismatic dude in that band. There's a reason why fucking Pete Wentz's dumb face was all over like Teeny Bop magazines, not Patrick Stump. And it wasn't just because he was cute. It was because he actually had charisma and had a personality. And didn't he rate most of the music for that band? Yes. Well, there was also that part. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out he might have been talented. Who knew? 
<laughs> and I wonder how much that played into the Patrick Stump. Like, I'm singing these words. People are singing back to me at these shows. They're stage diving. They're throwing the pits, whatever. Like, the girls love us. But at the end of the day, this is all Pete. Uh-huh. But Pete doesn't necessarily have the voice to kind of carry it all out. And also Pete, which is why Pete essentially gave no fucks, because I'm like, why is this motherfucker windmill kicking in every music video? Because at this point, he's like, he's already fucking finessed the shit out of yeah. Fallout Boy. Yeah, he's fine. That's that I am goddamn paid. I'm uh-huh. literally going to do whatever the fuck. No one else is doing this. Like, Pete, relax. He, You're going to kick somebody in the back of the head. He got his whole bag, and he was fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sure that had to have burned Patrick. And Patrick's like, God damn it, all I got is his hat and getting pulled over for not having a license, even though I'm 32. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me stop because I'm, I'm being a shithead. <laughs> like, dude, how do you not have a fucking license? You're in Fallout Boy. You have like or, Grammy nominations and shit. Or, bruh, then don't get a license. That's It's all well and good. Have somebody else drive you. You you got you got people for that shit. You have cab you money, know? like, <laughs> <laughs> like get busy living or get busy driving, right? <laughs> Two options. It was just like what, did, and I understand it's like okay, you like Patrick Stump arrested, like oh shit, what did he do? Is it drugs? Please don't tell me it was nothing like you know creepy or whatever. Yeah, it was definitely hookers and coke, and then you read it and you're like, well, this is boring. This is like a one step above not returning his library books on time. <laughs> he's not a cool criminal. He's just a dumbass. All right, fine. Like, Good to know. Jesus, you got a fucking warrant for not returning your copy of the Bridges of Madison County. Like, <laughs> oh man. Fucking Patrick Stump, uh. man. I get the whole Panic at the Disco thing because as much as like that later album like was a Pray for the Wicked, I know people uh-huh. are sick of like high hopes, but on a good day that song still slaps because again this dude could sing the shit out of the song and he figured it out. You and I are no longer the target audience. The, the target audience of Panic at the Disco 2005 is not the target audience of Panic at the Disco 2021. Unless you're Haley Williams' case where your target audience in like 2021 is also your target audience in like 2007. Which is, I can't decide if that's the smart play or not. I can't decide if what Brendan's doing, where he's just going to basically reimagine himself and remarket himself to teenage girls in memoriam and teenage boys and whoever, or if the smart play is to do a Haley Williams and to sort of grow up with your fans and then try and spit out what you think that they would like. I don't know. I think there's a, a an argument for and against both of those. Because generally speaking, if we're putting this in the context of Weezer, I think it played to Haley's strength. Because at the end of the day, lover or hater, love and hate Paramore, for the most part, they stuck to their guns. Even if the music wasn't necessarily something I dug. Yeah. They essentially, they just made it unapologetically. And they're like, look, either you're with it or you're not. And I know, again, as two people who fuck heavily with like 2005 Paramore, arguably even more so than 2007 Paramore. Oh, yeah. A thousand percent. I could still get her audience growing with her. And like that solo album, God bless her. It's not for me. And I I have to admit that this isn't my bag. What's weird is that solo album should a thousand percent be for me. It's like sad white girl indie pop shit i should be all about it but it was just weird and maybe this is the wrong person to make the hot take i feel like that album would have been hotter if phoebe Bridgers didn't happen and maybe that's true maybe she just got outdone by a sadder whiter lady (laughs) (laughs) if that album came out maybe five years ago before like phoebe and lana del rey and those kinds of artists were really more background shit and not so mainstream do you think it would have been more successful absolutely And maybe this is where my ignorance is being put out on display, which I apologize for that. I am human. You can't know all things. Right. (laughs) But like, I almost feel like maybe Haley was intentionally making an aggressively non-Paramore album. Because if you're thinking Haley Williams is doing a solo album, it's going to be probably just like an even more poppy Paramore. But it looked like she was working to make music that was 
decidedly not that. So for that, I will give her credit. Because it could have been yeah. really easy to just coast on what was already done. But make an album yeah. that for all purposes is experimental. All right. A lot of people liked it. it. It wasn't for me, but a lot of people liked it. So I just need Rivers to commit. Understand that your fan base is... 40. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally... <laughs> That's all right. And I know they got a second bite at the apple with the Africa remake, which, my God, like, that is the Zack Snyder's Watchmen of music covers. It's so faithful, it's boring. And that's the thing. Again, that wasn't doing anything to really create a new audience. All it did was really solidify the existing audience and the new audience that was brought in was older. It was my mom, dude. My mom fucking loves the cover of Africa, and she's 50-ish. Your mom's cool, and I don't want to sit there and, like, publicly, like, shame your mom, but, like, no. your mom also had the original. Yeah, and that was that was what she liked. Yeah. So, and that's the weird part with that cover, is much like the Enter Inter- Sandman cover. Personally speaking, if you're going to make a cover of a song... Do something different with it. <laughs> you gotta put like some kind of spin on it. Even and they're they're not high art, but they're doing something different. Even those like pop goes punk, the pop goes crunk, all of those those things are doing something. They're taking the original source material and and changing it up. Whether it be switching genres a little bit or even just like upping the tempo on shit. Like it's it's doing something different. Because if I want to hear somebody else sing a song and it sound exactly the same, I drive down to my local karaoke bar and I fucking get a couple of gin and tonics and hang out and listen to other people sing shit. Hell yeah. We're doing that, by the way, right? <laughs> For sure. Uh, once this whole uh, Delta variant thing is not a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so faithful. Your comparison to uh, Zack Snyder's Watchmen is apt. Where it's just so close to the original, it's like, why bother? I actually can picture in my head what a Weezer cover of Africa would be. It's kind of fun, right? Yeah, but there's several people in the world. Some people that are willing to age gracefully and accept the fact that they're getting older, and some that push against it. And I think that's what Rivers was actively doing in music, was pushing against getting older instead of embracing it. And as much as you want to do Africa, do all these pop songs, it's like, okay, Van Weezer, much like the name of the album, is still harkening back to an era that is decidedly skewing to an older audience. And that's fine. Be that. Own that. It makes me think of, we've canceled her personally. She's also just kind of canceled. Sia did a cover of Paranoid Android, the Radiohead song. And it's so Sia. It's just like stripped down and really spooky and she's you know wailing her head off and it's definitely a it, like it still has the soul of a radiohead song but like she put a different coat of paint on it and it's really good and it's really neat that's a cover like that's a that's what a cover should be it's like a reinterpretation of something but it still at its essence pays homage to the original absolutely like cuz why am i just going to listen to a carbon copy without doing it. And I understand some covers, you can't stray too far from the path. But if that's yeah. the case, then why are you covering it then? Exactly. Don't, I don't want a TV dinner version of it. And that's what this, this Weezer cover is. It's the TV dinner version of, of the original. It's the Ashley Tisdale's cover of Destiny Child's Say My Name. <laughs> she know better than to do that shit. You don't fuck with Destiny's Child. <laughs> anyway, we were busy canceling Rivers Cuomo. <laughs> right, and I just... <laughs> I... <laughs> There's an entire group of people, old and young. Like, Africa has transcended generations. Mm-hmm. It might be one of the most perfect songs ever written. Agreed. You don't need to do much with anything. Like, you could have covered any other 80s song. Like, pick Snake from fucking Huey Lewis in the goddamn news. Like, you could have done, like, oh, Back yeah. in Time or something or Hip to Be Square, which probably would have fit more for him anyway. Why Africa? You know what? Why hasn't Weezer done that? Like, that's the vibe. That's River's whole fucking shtick since, like, 1994. What are we doing? We just fixed his career. 
Pay us. <laughs> right? Pay both of us. I don't have a cash app, but I'll post it at the end of the show. Like, pay, pay us. <laughs> and they could have brought in a saxophone player because, and you know this, 80s music lives or dies by their saxophone solos. And he could single-handedly make saxophones cool again. Because come 1990, saxophonists were like, God damn, we are out of work. <laughs> oh, man. It makes me think of that, that 30 Rock bit where people whose jobs are no longer a thing. It's just a travel agent and a guy that played saxophone during 80s rock songs. <laughs> oh, man. And, like, let's go to the Teal album real quick. Because I know that whole album was covers. Ugh. They did a, a TLC cover. Remember that? That that spiraled me into a fucking rage stroke. I think I bled from the nose when I found that out. Was it No Scrubs? I, it was No Scrubs. No. Now we're definitely canceling 100%. He yeah. is donezo. Goodbye. Throw him under the jail. Fly him into the sun. No, he should be on the fucking raft from the fucking Captain America <laughs> Civil War. Space about the airlock. <laughs> Okay, let's run down this list of covers. Africa, everybody wants to rule the world. Sweet dreams are made of this, which is like, yeah, please don't. Any Linux should have sued. Please don't sing that. <laughs> Take on me. Happy together, which is weird that it's on there. Paranoid, which I'm assuming that's maybe the um Black Sabbath song. Yeah. Mr. Blue guess. Sky. No, leave ELO alone. I'll fight a bitch. Billy Jean and Stand By Me. Ah, I will fight a bitch. Some of these these song choices I'm here for. Like, you know, like some of the more fun 80s things, you know, like Tears for Fears and Aha. Like, that's cool. Do that shit. Like, leave Jeff Lynn out of this. The whole album cover is like a throwback to the 80s. So, like, why wouldn't you just do goofy 80s covers in yeah. Weezer style? Leave Left Eye out of this. Oh, my God. There's a universe in which this works. They figure out how to do a cover album correctly. They figure out the sort of vibe that they want to do, and it works, and it's fun, and it doesn't feel so icky cash grab. Oof. These two review blurbs. Taken on a strictly musical term, the Teal album is pretty much anodyne stuff. Weezer replicates the arrangements of beloved songs, adds a bit more fuzz in the guitar solos, and flattens the vocal affectations, which amounts to one weird trick. Weezer doesn't attempt to make the songs their own, yet these versions unmistakably sound like Weezer. Because that's Weezer's whole thing. Like, If I read that, I'm punching somebody dead in their throat. <laughs> but, I mean, the fuzzy guitar and the, the shitty guitar solo and the singing slightly flat, like, yeah, that's that's it. That's when you distill Weezer down to its essence, like, from a, a musical-like timbre standpoint, that's it. You got it. I guess I didn't realize that this album was born from, like, an internet meme kind of thing. And I had listened to a good chunk of Weezer, new stuff, early stuff, and deep in each of those albums, even the ones, like, Make Believe or, like, Pacific Daydream, there's good music in there. But it's like, what is going on? Like, it's almost fascinating to me. It doesn't feel nefarious, but it feels clueless. And also, like, man, you really got lost once Matt Sharp left you. Yeah. Which is probably why he jumped ship in the first place. <laughs> but my God, the rentals. And, like, that album that came out, like, a year or two ago. Uh-huh. That's good shit. They're great. Like, it's just... That's it. Stop listening to Weezer. Listen to the rentals. <laughs> that's how... Honestly, that's my concluding remark on this podcast. <laughs> listen to the rentals, y'all. This is, a, this is a weird note to come back in. Um, I do want you to tell the nice people who you, you got into a Twitter war with. So, let's go back. Actually, I want to pull up the tweet. Because it, this is the wild part. Like, I didn't even think that was anything all that it's in here. Like, people have probably said far worse shit. Uh-huh. So, trying to find the TLDR version of this. So, everybody's favorite sea shanty rapper, the baby. <laughs> Because I, I am not getting over that fucking song. Nope. That shit sounded like some Wind Waker ass SpongeBob ass shit. <laughs> so, the baby, very popular rapper, also really cool Megan Thee Stallion. They've done a lot of tracks together, including yeah. one of my favorite Megan Thee Stallion songs, Cash Shit, which now I feel weird about listening to because people are wiling. 
Yes. So Megan was in a relationship with this rapper Tory Lanez. There was a, I guess, a, a incident where he literally shoots her in the foot. That's not even figurative. She could have lost a goddamn foot, much less her life. Needless to say, not a thing anymore. So apparently you would think that'd be enough, but much like with Chris Brown, apparently you can still have a career while doing the absolute most to your significant others. Don't understand it. So the baby decides to do a track with Tory Lanez. Megan responds, is like, what the fuck? And he's all like, oh, basically pulls a uh, Gordon Bombay and D2. He's like, oh, this is business stuff, Charlie. Don't worry about it. Um, Performs that Rolling Loud. And in addition to performing right after Megan, bringing Tory Lanez out on stage to perform, it's like, okay, great. You brought my abuser out after my show. Decides to perform songs that, of course, he did with Megan. And then decides to spend time going on this wildly ignorant homophobic rant um, about AIDS and a bunch of other stuff that I'm not even going to get into because it's terrible. Also, for a show, we got a shoe thrown at him, which was amazing. <laughs> yep. Which then prompted my favorite phrase of 2021 is, who threw that busted-ass goddamn Adidas? Because apparently <laughs> Adidas is the singular form of Adidas. Yeah, it's, it's plural. <laughs> One shoe is in Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> so he was getting dragged left and right and the baby decides to go on this other rant about you know fuck everybody i don't know who quest love is decides to now form an apology once realizing oh yeah they stopped booking me at shows oh no i fucked up my money me money so and every, like, has-been musician was getting their five cents in. It's like, okay, let's get the memes and let's take the shots in, because the baby, of course, deserved it. But Smash Mouth just tweeting the asshole, which, all right, oh, fine, God. drag him by all means. But I'm like, come on, y'all. This was just lazy. And I wasn't defending the baby at all. But it's funny that, like, Smash Mouth is jumping in calling out the baby for being ignorant about, like, you know, AIDS. But I had then responded with the caption, this you, with the headline of them performing at Sturgis in what, South Dakota? Yeah. So for those who don't know, Sturgis is this big, like, motorcycle festival thing that they, they put on every year. Bands go play there. It They draw crowds of, like, 80 to 100,000 people. And they did this last year in the height of the pandemic. They had this stupid festival. And it was a super spreader event. It got a ton of people sick and Smash Mouth performed there and basically said something along the lines of like, fuck wearing masks and all this shit. Yeah. Like they were mocking COVID saying, oh, fuck COVID. We're going to party or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So called him out for doing that and blocked me. (laughs) So fucking funny to me. (laughs) Oh, man. I've never been more thrilled. And I now understand I don't necessarily always agree with it when people necessarily go after, like, people on Twitter, especially famous people. But, like, getting blocked by Smash Mouth might have actually been the best part of this year for me. Because <laughs> oh. it's like, really? This is the thing you're going to block me over? Yeah. It, it wasn't an insult. It wasn't anything. It was literally just presenting them with their own actions and being like, okay, so you want to you want to hold other people accountable but also, look at your own shit. Maybe check yourself. It's like, you're fucking Smash Mouth. Like, okay, there was an article you sent me about Mark McGrath. Copying to the fact that, like, we still get to tour the world basically off of, like, the strength of four songs. <laughs> yeah, Mark McGrath patting himself on the back being like, I am the last rock music asshole. And I continue to make money from it. Hooray. Profiting is weird. Capitalism's good. But it's like, at least he's self-aware. It's like, look, he knows that. And look, this is coming from someone who actually does enjoy some Sugar Ray songs. But it's milk toast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's stuff that, you know, maybe kids would, like, fuck with, uh, like, the Lemonade and Brownies era. You know, like, Mean Machine, Sugar Ray. <laughs> I love that you know the albums. <laughs> I'm sorry. I... <laughs> <laughs> or the fact that like people who bought Fly realizing the rest of the album does not sound like that uh, that song. 
They're like, yeah, keep making songs like this. And it's like, all right, cool. These songs are going to go brazy in the JCPenney. <laughs> fuck Smash Mouth, fuck Shrek. And not for nothing, that song wasn't even from Shrek. It was from Mystery Men. Yes, a movie was. that came out a whole ass year prior. Yes, it was. Think about it. Let's say there was just no COVID, right? Yeah. You're a biker, like, and you're at, like, the biggest biking thing. This is like Biker Cello. Like, this is just it. <laughs> biker. <laughs> oh, man. Because oh. you would think, like, at that event, and I'm, I don't mean to stereotype bikers, because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who are bike enthusiasts. Maybe some of them, like, listening to Bright Eyes and fucking, like, Elliot Smith. I don't know. There probably are. But, like, you think about your average biker. You want to hear some fucking, like... Metallica, or even like, I don't know, White Snake, or like some band that's even Kiss, like something where you're, you know, you're gonna throw down a party. Smash Mouth? That's Smash the mouth. move? Smash Mouth. Could you imagine a bunch of your bros, you're knocking back beers, whatever, also, I can't get enough of you, baby. Like, no. <laughs> no. Oh my God. It's them playing that awful Why Can't We Be Friends cover. <laughs> don't cover it. Don't. Don't know. Leave war alone. <laughs> Which, not for nothing, this is the event that you deserve. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, we are the number one podcast blocked by Smash Mouth. <laughs> That's part of the intro now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I have decreed it as such. Oh, before we go, and I know we're kind of running along, but fucking while we speak, I don't know, well, maybe not at this very minute, but at, as of this recording, Tika and I are working on fucking new music. They're working on a new album. Burr, 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 burr. That's right. I am so uh, hyped. So hyped. Also, <laughs> um, we need to sit down and talk about the book at some point. Because we never did that. <laughs> I swear we're going to get to some Tegan and Sarah content. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Maybe occasionally we'll talk about Tegan and Sarah on this Tegan and Sarah podcast. What's up? I always think about that, like, I imagine somebody who's just, like, on Spotify, and they're like, man, Tegan and Sarah is dope, and they type it in the, the search bar, and they see our dumb podcast, and they're like, oh, sick, there's a Tegan and Sarah podcast, and they open it, and it's like, this episode is about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to ask you a question, though, and this is something I know this is technically questions you used to ask me, but I am tend to, to hear what you think. If there was one Weezer song that you think Tegan and Sarah would be fun covering, what would it be? Pink Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's it. We're good. <laughs> TLAT podcast on everything. Um, when you're on holiday, uh, don't get swallowed by a whale. That's right. <laughs> I hate you so much. I was walking with the ghost